0: Yeah, let's start recording. And, you know, this this whole process getting set up so far has been just ridiculous. <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> nice. You are you're just a professional.
0: Yep, I'm a pro. Um, what are we drinking this week, Gabe?
1: Uh, this one's called uh <laughs> Ridiculous Joe. Oh, What's excellent. You
0: know, we, Oh, maybe that's why it was on my mind.
1: And I poured this so long ago. Like, I
0: poured this, like, our
1: on our first attempt of Skype. Really? Yeah, so it's been, I don't know, like, eight hours now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, been, it's been a challenging few moments, let's just say. This is the 2015 Imperial Red India Pale Ale. That's what <sighs> I'm drinking.
1: Yeah, and I you know what? I forgot this was a red, and I poured it. I'm like, what the heck happened to this beer?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's very red. It's, it's pretty. I had this over Thanksgiving, and it was one of the highlights of my week, actually. Oh. Um, and well, so I,
1: I bought two bottles intending on sending you one.
0: And I had forgotten that I had it. I forgot that I brought one home. Yeah. So now and I have
1: an extra bottle.
0: Well, you can still send it to me. I'm not going to... No, yeah. that's okay. I'm just kidding. I don't like you that uh, much. I'm going to try it. I don't blame you. has a creamy head on it. It tastes amazing. Wow. Really... Really mm. get the fresh hops, like a fresh hops taste. But Very it's
1: it's like um, sweet, like a West Coast dank IPA. Like the dankness really is there, yeah. but then piled on with some tropical
0: mm-hmm. flavors, like some and, tropical and some, fruit, mm. some sugar. I taste sugar in there, like a burnt sugar. Mm. Mm. I could drink wow. that all day. It's got a ton of bitterness to it, mm-hmm. but. It says on here. This is by Founders, by the way. Uh, 90 IBUs, so it's it, no wonder it's bitter. Uh, it's up there. Yeah, that's that's some good
1: stuff. Oh wow! And then it has like a, I get like a pineapple aftertaste
0: to it. It's really tasty. You're gonna make me keep drinking it.
1: <laughs> it's I don't know what is this like nine percent.
0: Yep, nine might, might percent in trouble. Well, what's gonna happen is. Skype's going to fail, and we're going to be too drunk to figure out how to fix it, and that'll be the end of the show.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, I can't can't
0: fix Skype even when I'm – So it'll be like every other week. I
1: I don't know. Now, I'm using this stupid-looking Meteor mic that I had. Luckily, I own like six mics because that – I think that Rode Podcaster mic is – was done, or it's just not happy with something that's changed on my
0: computer. Yeah, it was. It was the the listeners would have been not happy with what was going on with that because mm. it sounded crazy. Yeah. Um. But uh. Well, we're we're moving again, and uh, you know, there's no blizzards going on this week, so that's a good sign. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's actually like really warm here. It's
1: in the It's fifty 50- degrees. It's fifty degrees. This 50 is. Degrees. Uh, this is- pretty spectacular
0: weather here in new england i'm not gonna complain (laughs) january 31st and it's 50 degrees go figure yep well um do you have any follow-up this week oh do i uh i don't know i'm just asking maybe you do
1: i don't i don't think so well
0: uh, how's how's the to-do experiment The to-do experiment uh as you're well aware from this morning's ranting uh, is is has been a challenge uh, in some ways yeah. uh, in fact, right before we started recording again, and then intermittently while you were hunting for other mics and hooking things up, I was trying to fix my smart lists and still still things like I changed something and something unexpected happens, and my hair gets grayer yeah I
1: think the um the smart list uh, query language is still full of. Kind of like holes and conflicts and bugs of like, you know, the Booleans don't work exactly right. And suddenly you'll add one term and it'll, like, everything will disappear from the list. Yep.
0: And, or things will appear that shouldn't appear. Yeah. Or, or I'll take a term out, like type not project, and, and I'll take that out. And then all of a sudden, I'll get all my completed items back. And I'll be like, oh, I don't want that. So I'll put it back in. And then my completed items don't don't go away again. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of stuff that's driving me crazy with this thing. It's that last 10% that you spent all the time on, man. (laughs) There you go. Yep. It's been uh, driving me a little nutty. Although I uh, I still like it. There's something that I found today that I don't understand how I didn't know this. Um, When I double tap the home button on my um, phone, uh, it actually says, like if I'm running to do on my Mac, it will have a little gray tab on the bottom of that screen that says switch to to do from from my MacBook Air.
1: Mm -hmm. That's so handoff.
0: Yeah, it's handoff, but I never saw the handoff Icon there before. It's really weird um, because it'll it'll load whatever I'm looking at on the Mac in mm-hmm. theory. And um, which I is, think
1: it works the other way around on the Mac when you this, do the handoff from
0: your iPhone. It's pretty cool. I just never noticed it when I did the double tap with. And the, that's cool you know,
1: and it yeah, like, when it works. Yeah, when it works, it's always unpredictable what apps it'll work with and what yep. it can actually do and stuff like I'd that. I've never
0: seen that before, but I, I see that there might be value there, although. Technology may be the thing that drives me absolutely around the bend by the end of today because nothing works. uh,
1: This is a good... You know, I asked you on that that task management show, the to-do show, about why you were looking for something new, looking to move to something new, and that got me thinking about show topics and, and, like, things to... Things that we do and why we do it. So, in particular, I'm as I've mentioned, preparing to move at some point in the future and thinking about why am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, like I spent a lot of, a lot of early mornings thinking that to myself, why, why am I moving? <laughs> why am I packing? Why am I looking for a house and spending lots of money? And, but then down to little tiny things, why are you moving from one task manager to another?
0: Yeah. Well, is it, uh, why do you question that? This is one of the things that I thought about when you would brought this up as a topic. Because originally the topic was moving. And I thought, well, that's kind of a concrete thing. You can get your hands around it. You can think, well, moving from place to place, uh, moving jobs, moving houses, stuff like that. It sounds completely reasonable to think about and quantify and make lists about. And then you said, what about moving on? And it just blew my mind. like Because moving on is... It, is it's a much bigger topic because it, it it pertains obviously to the moving, but boy, it can go very very far afield. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, my my entire life is an existential crisis. <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah, just, just you I know, think it's rubbed off on every me. Every morning I wake up and like, what new piece of the universe am I going to have a problem with this this day? Mm, well, uh, so moving. Because I have been thinking about this a lot, like I, you know, labor all all of my actions that don't involve just sitting, drinking a beer, watching TV, or playing with my kid, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's you know it's I'm allocating resources and time in my life for something presumably, like you know something good, like why? So I've been questioning a lot, like doing not not that I'm questioning. Like, absolutely, am I going to move? I know we're going to buy a new house and we're going to move and things will change in our life. But, like, what are motivating factors? Because that helps us make the right decision about where we're moving to, what kind of house we're going to move into, what we want to do, what we want to get out of it. So, you know, for a house, it's for for me, it's pretty easy. Like, it's like, what are the things we care about? Like, the neighborhood, the school system, the town. Then there's... Strangely enough, the the house comes kind of after all those things because you can always change a house. You can't really, like, change the town. Um, Hmm. So, like, all all those kinds of things. And then that gets to priorities of my life. Like, what are the big things of my life? My kid is, like, probably the biggest thing that I focus a lot of attention and effort and planning on. Um, Well, but do you ever (laughs) –
0: Other than buzzing microphones. Do you ever, uh, once you've made those, this is the one that got me stuck when I started thinking about this this morning, is do you ever second guess your your things you've moved on from? Um, because that's obviously one when I'm not getting query language to work for to do, uh, thinking to myself, do I, you know, did I make the right choice going to this new thing or Uh, Every time I see people talking about how great OmniFocus is, I think, well, maybe, maybe I was too hasty. Maybe I should go back to that. And you know, with a task manager, something that is so minor in the scope of things, um, it's not as big a deal. But when you, uh, you know, there's been some pretty major things that have caused a lot of upheaval, upheaval in my life, and. Uh, and that you, that you move on from, whether it's work or, you know, houses that I bought or whatever, there's, there's a, a strange feeling of, did I make the right choice? Because a lot of those things that you move on from are ir- irrevocable to some degree. Um, yeah. well, I, I some, remember some things,
1: some things you have input into and some things you don't like. You could move on from your career to a new career and that could be your choice or <laughs> maybe it's not. Well, your choice. okay, good point.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, but what do you, so so it's when you take the things that you have uh, uh that you do of your own volition your own free will you say i'm going to move to another house have you ever is this your first house or have you had other houses
1: this is the first house i've owned yeah
0: um okay so so i've had a couple situations where i owned a house and thought that my priorities uh changed to the point where i need to move to a different house um, like uh, this one's too small or the basement is too, you know, the ceiling's too low or um, we're, we're going to be constrained by this place in some way. So it's on an um, Indian
1: burial ground.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so Sorry. I've um, i have looked at other houses. I've bought other houses. Okay. They've either been more or less expensive. But there are times when after I move on, I'm like, this, this wasn't the right choice. Like the things that I thought were important – Because of the things that I, the reason I was moving, the things that I thought were important that caused that impetus turned out to be not as important. So, how how do you?
1: um, What scale do you use when you're measuring your priorities and your values for these for that type of thing? Like, what are what is what's the counterbalance when you're when you're weighing these? Like you said, happiness.
0: Happiness, right? I guess that's a it's such a vague one. So I was thinking, what is the counter? What is the measuring stick? And it, it, it is. It's vague, but for instance, um, the the things that were annoying in a previous house that was small um, became charming when I moved to a bigger house. And was like, man, this is a lot more to clean. It's more to heat. Uh, it's more to furnish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you you, know,
1: mi- you misjudge like the How important green, it was.
0: Right? Yeah, I misjudged how important it was to have a bigger house. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and stuff like that comes up often, I think. And when I, there's one house that I moved to that I have major regrets about, not just for the fact that I lost a bunch of money because of the housing crash and all that kind of stuff, but it was because, um, I thought that what was important turned out to be not as important, which is, you know, I thought we need more space, more size, um, That that would cure some of the ills, you know, some of the claustrophobia or whatever. Um, But it turns out that like moving someplace, it turns out that some of the things that I thought were important uh, overrode my ability to see what else was there to be important. For instance, the neighbors. Um, When we moved, uh, the neighbors were awesome from where we moved to. Like we lived in this house. The neighbors are great. They looked after you. They looked after the house. They took care of their place. They were social but not in your business. Um, Moved to another place and nobody talked to us. There was nobody – didn't feel like there was any sort of communal thing going on. Um, that's, and also, so,
1: that's also really hard to measure before, until you move in. Exactly, you, right. You could, you could think like, oh, there'll be people just like that. It'll be like that, but in a new place. Or,
0: or, well, it's not as important as having a bigger house anyway. So even if we lose that, it'll be better to have this other thing. I'm trading this for that. and And so moving on to me has this big – uh, a cloud over it. The potential cloud about it. That's yeah. exactly. Or, or it like, could be like it's the cost. It could. I'm it's swarming. the cost. Yeah, it's the cost. But it also does mean that you, there. You, it could potentially be the best thing ever, right? But I think there's been enough things that have happened to me uh, that have caused like I've made it a, a leap or a change, and it's been uh, you know cause for regret. But then there are also some things that I I've made a leap, and it's. Worked out way better than I ever could have expected. But me and you being the same kind of person in some ways, being a pessimist, it's the ones that didn't work out that I focus on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I often discount when I moved and it worked, you know.
1: Yeah, but that's how humans are.
0: Right? Yeah,
1: we 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 um. Our survival by, instinct. We learn by burning our hand one time on right. a hot pan. We don't learn necessarily by not burning our hand. A hundred times on wooden spoon, you know, it's, it's just, that's the way we learn from that negative experience. But you, you brought up the bigger house thing, which is something that I've struggled with a little bit because honestly, that is one of our, uh, motivators. That's one of our drivers because. Uh, 're we 're a small family, I have one kid, you know it 's just me and my wife. We were always very proud. we bought well below what our spending power was on purpose, like we didn't want to be house poor we We mm-hmm. were happy that our house seemed to fit us, but my kid is now almost eight, and she 's complaining that she can hear us talk at night or <sighs> or i can 't make coffee in the morning because it makes too much noise- mm-hmm. um you know that kind of stuff. Or, you know, I can't, I literally can't podcast after my kid goes to bed because she can hear, hear me through the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Like even though my office, we insulated the ceiling and all this stuff, it's just not enough. We're just too close. So, Hmm. you know, that's been going on for about a year. And then I started thinking like, and we, we share a bathroom when we get ready for bed and in the mornings and that's been okay. But eventually she's going to be like a 12 or 13 year old kid. And I don't want to move her at that point. She's well, in, she's in first grade now. That's not a big deal to move. And in fact, she honestly wouldn't could care less. She doesn't really care about her her class or her teacher or her school. Uh, but when she's thirteen, like I don't want to make I don't want to have her move then. Then then your opportunity is just to move within your same town.
0: Hmm. Well, uh, what what is the amount of like I think there's. There's certain things that you can control. Like, what if you just couldn't move? Like, would you just oh, yeah. not oh, record? Was, I, or I took
1: that approach. Let's, let's let's assume we can't move. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'd be fine. We, we would we would tough it out, and we would get on each other's nerves, and then get over it because you know we're family. So
0: people do right. I mean, it's, right? it's you think about these folks that have like five generations living in the same house. I mean, I, you I grew know. up. We moved every year
1: when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like we lived in apartments. Like you know, it was tight. I didn't always have enough space for me as a person, let alone us as a family. And that was challenging, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really enjoy that, uh, but it, it was doable. It wasn't, you know, the worst, worst thing that could happen. But I also look at it like, you know, I'm better off than my parents were. I mm-hmm. can I actually can afford to do it and I actually was able to save to plan for it and to do all this stuff in preparation for this being an event like I started thinking about this years ago of like you know when, when my kid was like five I was like I can see it it's starting to get you know she's starting to become a person and want her own space and her space is now encroaching on our space and you can't just always have a clean house when you have a kid <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, nope, that's definitely true. And I think also there's elements of, you know, if somebody wants to do something that makes noise and you really want to do it or whatever, you know, the, you just make noise. And sometimes people are inconvenienced by it. I mean, I think you don't always want to do that. But, um, you know, obviously I have things that I, that I like to do that I'll put earphones on or whatever. But, um, you know, I grew up. You And if if my parents wanted to talk, but I was trying to sleep, I just had to kind of put the pillow over my head. Yeah,
1: that's how I did it. It is the way it
0: is. You just woke up tired. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's too like, what do I want for my kid? Which is, I kind of feel like it's my opportunity to do better by my kid than my parents could afford to do better for me. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, it's this generational improvement, iterative improvement you know, through one generation to the next to the next. And that's, that's my hope, right?
0: Yeah, I guess I'm, I, I have to th- rethink that sometimes I have this attitude of, of like, well, tough it out. Like, you know, the, with my kids in particular, I don't know about your situation, but it's like, you know, with my kids, if they're annoyed by something that is a limitation of the house, say, it's like, you know, what it is, what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I can everything can't be fixed to be your exact liking, uh, in well, life. That is true. And otherwise. That's, that,
1: that's life. But I like my kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, here, here's one. I know you can identify with another, another big one for us is we don't live really near family. So a big one is to have our family come visit us periodically. Mm-hmm. So I'll like fly my mom out and she'll stay with us for a couple weeks. And that's fine. We have a spare bedroom. But with the size of the house, a week or so, maybe two, is the upper limit of being able to be around somebody for that much time that you don't, you know, that's get on not each other's nerves. Part of your immediate family, yeah, yeah, right. You're part of your your small little family group. Um, now, but I want to be able to do that often for my kid because we don't have family nearby very often. Her grandparents are getting ready to retire, and I was like, "Okay, well, this is an opportunity for them to come have some long visits with her and spend more meaningful time and develop, you know, deeper relationships." But I don't want them to come and have and fight with us in
0: our house. Right, right. So
1: part of this was like our motivation was, "Okay, is there like a room in this house that we can convert into like an in law, or you know, that can have its own bathroom at the very least, or?" you know you have guests come stay for a long period of time I don't really want them sharing a bathroom with my kid like that's that's you know for her grandparents or us or for our friends it's not that's not great kids are messy mm-hmm. um so that was that was a big part of it is being able to have family come stay with us for long periods of time like potentially months or more without. Yeah, it being it's,
0: fake. it's a little different I think as my kids are older um considerably older than your daughter. So it's like, you know, when my 13 year old is like, um, I don't know, say he went over to some friend's house and they had like a sleepover and he got three hours of sleep. And he's like, you know, you guys are talking and I, and I need, and I'm tired. It's like, well, you know, we're making choices here. Um, you're trying to sleep it. 11 a.m., but this is when everybody else in the entire house is awake, so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a little, 11 (laughs) a.m., Yeah, I I agree, but what if it was like, you know, 9.30 at night, my kid goes to bed at like 8, you know? Yeah. So that's, it's tough. It's It's fair, it's fair for her to say, well, it's 9.30 at night, it's well past my bedtime, yet I can hear you guys out there watching TV or talking or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. What else? Yeah. Did you ever go into this thing where like a school system was really a, a huge focus for you?
0: Yeah, pretty much, house? pretty much every time yeah. we've looked for houses. That was the major thing, even looking for this one. Um, even though right now I don't have uh, any, you might, my two kids live with my ex uh, most of the time and go to the school in that school district, which is a fantastic one. But, even when I was looking at this house, I made sure that the school district was good, and you never know what's going to happen. They may need to come live here, and I want to make yeah. sure they have a good school district that uh, they can go to. So it was still a major one. Um, and so, yeah, schools, when evaluating moving, is to me one of the major things. I, I And actually, this is a really good one, because uh, one of the first houses that I bought um, because I've we kind of hopped house from you know from house to house in the beginning, um, and uh, the first one that we bought was in a town that had an awful school district, like really low rating, and they made some really poor choices as far as how they wanted to structure their taxes and you know combining with other school districts in the area and got themselves in a really tough situation, and we thought um, well. From the folks that we talked to, things looked like they're on the way up. So it was kind of like we were betting on the fact that they were going to improve. When in fact, when we <laughs> moved there, they went down. <laughs> yeah, and so, just
1: say, oh, based on your track record, I'm going to assume you'll do things totally different in the
0: future. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so, it, so it turned out that that things that not only did they not improve, but they they got worse. And so, that was a situation where, and, and at the time, uh, there were no kids in the picture yeah so it was like well and even if the worst thing that happens is uh we have to move because of the school district there's no kids in the picture um by the time we have to worry about that it's going to be four years from now you know the first
1: that's forever
0: yeah it seems like forever (laughs) and then meantime you know uh the years just tick by quickly and you think to yourself well now i need to sell this place but the school district's not better so, it's going to be harder to sell it. Mm-hmm. And so, again, the moving on thing was a major, it was like, I don't know, boy, it, it regrets. Yeah. <laughs> it's just some yeah. major ones. And these are ones that uh, maybe maybe couldn't have been totally foreseen. The opposite could have happened and uh, the school district could have improved and everything would have been great. But, um you know, that's a gamble, though. It's a gamble. That's a um,
1: that's a total gamble. When, so, when so we, when we moved here, it, we were completely naive about school systems. Even though my wife was pregnant, we just assumed, like, well, we both have like advanced educations. We're smart. <laughs> to hell with a bad school system. We know how to teach our kids stuff. And mm-hmm. in reality, it's not just about them learning, right? The good a good school system is also about. Home, developing appropriate relationships with, with people and underst- and learning empathy and all kinds of things that have to do with being um, around people. Right. Like, we totally appreciate that we lucked out and got, happened to have a good school. Like, our town's weird in that it's broken down to districts that are like one district is terrible and one district is really good. And a difference of like a few streets (laughs) decides if
0: you're at the really good school, the really terrible school. We're we're in the same situation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so it was just like this time looking, we were like, okay, schools have to have these things. Like this is important to us and have these types of ratings and test scores and programs available and all this kind of stuff. And it, it just felt like, you know, we, our school's not terrible but that's only by like the hair of my chinny chin chin. We mm-hmm. made it, made it this far with like a decent school. Uh, it was, it was all dumb luck.
2: Hmm.
0: So. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting thought. I think, you know, regrets and, and the unknown play such a big role in that. Like to me, when you say that you're looking for uh, looking to build a new house, I think that's a, a thing that was, would be a big risk that I would look at. You know, like I'm always like, well, when I looked at this house before I bought it, I inspected it, and I, I knew it was bad, and I knew it was good. But to me, new constructions are such a... <laughs> you, you,
1: you knew what was bad, and you quote knew unquote, what was good from the inspection. Quote, unquote. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. We've all heard those stories. But, uh-huh. um, but building your own house, it's like on one side, it's like you get to control more of it to some degree, but on the other, it doesn't exist yet. So what if it exists? When it does exist, it's in a state that you aren't happy with. What do you do that? Yeah,
1: it's a um, it's a different problem that you're creating for yourself. Yeah. So new construction, very often you'll get like a year warranty. Mm-hmm. So you do get that something like that, which you don't get with pre-existing. So the year warranty allows you over the course of a year to report basically defects and then they're obligated to fix them at their own cost. Yeah. Whereas um, what you don't get is you don't get to really know what the house looks like. Yeah. Like you don't really, (laughs) really know. And so it's a, it's super nerve wracking uh, to like get things nailed down of what, what exactly are you going to do here? And that's been like repeatedly um, a wall we've hit of working through contracts and then they're like, well, we don't, we don't know exactly what we'll give you in, you know, as far as this goes. And we're like, no, it has to be exactly <laughs> stated what what you're, what you're doing. And if not, then you have to state like the dollar allowance of how much it costs to do the thing so that when we can come in and say, Nope, we don't like what you're doing. We want to do this other thing. And, or, you know, or just accepting that that's just the way it is, which I think we've, we've mellowed a little bit through this, this endeavor of mm-hmm. there's just some things that aren't that big of a deal to us now after having gone through this. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Over and over. So it's just not super important. Like things that we thought we really cared about, we don't care about nearly as much as we did because we're like, you know what? It may not be perfect. Five years into the house, we'll probably just remodel that bathroom and who cares, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, or we'll replace the carpet at some point or whatever it happens to be. So. Yeah,
0: I mean, we run into that situation a lot. I mean, obviously, we live in this super old house. And so the thought is, um, you know, this is the style that we like, and we like uh, this the layout of the house, and, and we like the, the location. Um, and when things came up like fuel efficiency and, you know, a drafty old house and it's a lot of work, it's like, yeah, of course, that's not a big deal, though. That we're we We don't mind that. Um, and that's still somewhat true, but I think there's, I'm less of a, um, I'm, I'm I'm looking at things in a much more relaxed way when it comes to new houses, not even new construction, but new houses. Because before I was like, yeah, they have kind of certain design things that we aren't really into and whatever. But now, you know, being in friends' houses who have those things, or the fact that they're just newer and they're not falling apart, or they're more efficient from a energy perspective. It's like, yeah, you know, I can see where that would be just fine. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: absolutely. Know? Like, I, I think um, for a big portion of my adult life, I've lived in houses with boilers and baseboard heating or mm-hmm. radiators, and that was fine. But I got to tell you, forced air is pretty awesome. Like, is if, it really? if you can get, yeah, because it's it's not noisy. <laughs> like, like i have our heat i i've had to fine tune our like our heating cycle so that the it goes on right about the time like my family needs to get up because mm-hmm. otherwise you hear everything expanding and
0: yeah creaking yep.
1: And, da, 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 and it basically wakes everybody up at 4 a.m
0: oh when i would <laughs>
1: want to warm the house for myself instead i get up and i put on you know slippers and a robe and bundle up and
0: <laughs> what do you <laughs> keep your house at by the way just uh, curious
1: Um in the winter time I set it at 50 degrees which what? is pretty darn cold That's freezing Yeah for at night at night it's still freezing When we're awake I set it for, yeah but see here's the offset When we're awake I set it for like 69
0: <laughs> so. Wow okay that's a pretty big It's <laughs> <that's laughs> a big shift
1: Yeah exactly so I save the money at night when we're bundled into our beds and have we have electric blankets and whatever so
0: yeah i'm not sure what our heat is uh we have two areas that um can you control the heat that goes up to the we have baseboard uh hot water heaters yeah Yeah. that's what
1: i have in the current house
0: so you can control the heat that goes up to the second floor which is where everybody sleeps and doesn't spend a lot of time uh in during the day except for right now in the in when i'm podcasting so i'm freezing uh so we i send less heat up there um and it, any heat that really comes up is generally ambient coming up from the first floor. This is probably really boring, but um, <laughs> the, the the point is that it's, we keep it very cold upstairs. I don't know what the temperature is. I should probably look, but it's usually freezing at night and, uh, and the, the downstairs is fairly comfortable. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: the four stairs, you can have multiple heat zones and stuff like that too. So it's, it's just, that's a modern way to heat mm-hmm. and it's, It's more efficient, I would say, than than baseboards and radiators. So, so to us, that was like a you know a thing that we cared about. We want to make sure that the house has forced forced air heating. You know, just basic stuff like that.
0: Mm -hmm. And so, so uh, you're. I guess I've lived in so many houses that have had forced hot air. I've had baseboard heating. I've had those big radiators, like the old style Victorian like. Yeah, those are cool. I had those. um, and it's cool until you bump into them in the middle of the night, <laughs> exactly, or they need to be bled or whatever. Yeah, I think the, the hot water baseboard heaters are my favorite at this point because they retain the heat for a really long time, yeah. in theory. Um, and those big, big old radiators were kind of cool, but very hard to manage. And uh, I don't know, um, but anyway, the point is that you know, you may. What if you decide once you move to this forced hot air or something that you're like, oh man, I wish we, I wish we'd gotten baseboard heating or something like that. Like, that's another um, moving on consideration that, well, you may not even make it because it's like, you know, there's certain things I think that are just so big that it's like, I wouldn't bother. That would be a major remodeling. Or you, or that you don't even think about it, right? It's like, well, this is just what I've got, right? Like, I think about that with, it's like, jobs. House.
1: Uh, this is something that my wife and I have gotten into repeatedly. So, our we don't have, like, a ma- in our current house, we don't have a master bathroom. We have a bathroom that has a door off the hallway and a door off of the master bedroom, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a little weird. Two doors. And when you go in, you lock the other one, I guess. <laughs> Somebody doesn't walk in on it, right? Right. Um, But my wife's always wanted like her own master bath so that she can leave. She doesn't have to worry about keeping it clean all the time because guests aren't coming into it. And she wanted to build a master bath off of our current house. And I was like pricing out like what I, my estimates of what I thought it would cost. I was like, this is one of those things that you, it's just, you just buy the house you want. Like you don't you don't pour more money into unless unless you absolutely love your street, your property, and your neighborhood and your town and all that. You don't like you don't put another 30% into your house. So that that was our actual like spark to do this of yeah, the kid was complaining and everything, but then it was like all the things we would do would just amount to almost what we would be spending on a new house anyways.
0: Right, right.
1: So so we don't like our street. It's like has people that go way too fast down the street for,
0: for oh, the street. Yeah, that a kid. drives me crazy. Yeah.
1: We don't like our town because like, you know, th- this is something I wanted to talk to you about, like the balance of like places to go out versus really caring about your house kind of thing. Um, but we don't there's no place that we like to go eat in our town. It's all garbage. <laughs> it, like cheap junk. <laughs> That's
0: frustrating.
1: And um the commute's not great. It's okay, but it's really like convenient for commuting because we have multiple routes to commute from from this one town so like all these factors got rolled in together and it's just like you know what it's it's we love our yard we love our backyard there's things we absolutely love about our property we just don't like everything else around it and it's one of those things you can't really pick that up and move it so start looking so we we spent months and months and months looking
0: just finding the place yeah, that that was a big. Um, so, I used to live. I moved to to the point where I was near work, and uh, I thought it was um, great having a short commute. Uh, but the area that I ended up moving to was not great. Um, it was very much like you're you're describing your places, like you know, fast food places and places that I'm not really that into from just a general food perspective, you know, Applebee's and whatever, just kind of things I would never go eat at. Um, when And I also think that we're living in a very populated area, like um, apartment buildings and stuff like that. And when we decided to move, the list of here's the criteria that we're searching for, you know, like... Good schools, um, quiet. um, Hopefully, with some property around it. Hopefully, where I don't have to take care of it. You know. And we just looked in. We lucked into a place that was um, a farmhouse. It was owned by someone else. They were renting it, but it was on a a large sixteen acre property. So they took care of the property, and we just lived in the house, which had just been restored. It was and it was out in the back of. This little town, it was great. Um, So commute
1: was sucked, right? The
0: the commute was pretty bad, but it was really near uh, where my kids live. So hmm, that that commute, like there was, I had a big triangle, and it just became a very small, you know, an isosceles triangle. Moved
1: to one corner of the triangle, exactly.
0: Moved to one corner of the triangle. Um, So when they decided they were selling that place, um, we had to start looking for another one, and it was okay, we took what we learned from the first place, what didn't we like, what did we like, and then we applied what we did not didn't like about the current place, and we said, let's start looking even further west, like even more, um, not California west, but west of where we lived, uh, more towards, you know, fields and farms, and... It, boy, it really changes everything when you start looking at things with different priorities. Because then you start asking your questions, yourself questions like, "Well, we're going to have to drive a half an hour to, you know, twenty minutes to a half an hour to get to a grocery store. Is that okay? Um, you know, there's no convenient drugstore. Is that okay? You know, like these are things that uh, you kind of take as. I mean, I'm sure I do. I'm sure many listeners have similar situations." Um, and there's probably ones who live in the city who are like, uh, how would you even manage that? You know? So, but in each one of these cases we had to balance, like, is the convenience of having that stuff super close worth the trade-off of, you know, living out in the, in the boonies. Commute, um,
1: commute's another one of those things that's oh, like my, my commute's really hard bad. to estimate too, like, uh, My wife actually went as far. So before we decided, we really were interested in this one, like location. First, I put like these circles around. We both work in Boston, right? Put these circles, these commuting circles of like these are all places that we can commute within an hour, and then look. Then we (laughs) because uh, the mass transit in Boston pretty much sucks. I mean, it's really terrible. we had to start like looking granular like yeah there's a there's a train station in this town but guess what it's only got 30 parking spots
0: right right and
1: and, and guess what if you have to drop your kid at school you're not getting one of those 30 parking spots <laughs> so exactly now, so yeah. now that train station is not the train station you go to you go to the one you know two train stations in towards boston so that adds you know some commute time driving and so we went through all this stuff so literally what she did before we agreed to this Current property that we're looking at. She got up at like five a.m., drove to where the house would be built, then drove to the train station, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then at the time she would need to be there, she she pulled in a parking spot and sat there and waited and watched the parking lot fill up towards oh, wow. towards the time she would commute, and then at that point she would like went around and looked to see how many spots there still were, hmm. and then got on the train, took the train into work, took the train. But it was a long day for her. But yep. It was kind of like
0: yeah you know. i did I did something very similar where, when we were looking at this house because it's so far west of where we lived, and it's obviously a longer commute, and there's no clear roads like there's no way when you look at the map to say, go to this road, then turn right, and you're in the going in the right direction like there's it's like cow yeah. paths yeah. you know like through the f- countryside so is it going to be hard to is there going to be a lot of cars on it that time in the morning is it going to be hard to get on there what if it snows what I mean, if it's icy are there yeah my motorcycles <laughs> are there. It might and so the podcast. i did the same thing that uh that your wife did i basically got up at like four thirty, drove out here waited in the parking lot of the pub nearby um which is close enough to the house and until it would be time that's
1: why i wanted your criteria i
0: I checked off my criteria i unfortunately was closed i couldn't go in uh and i waited uh until it was time i thought it would be time for me to go i had mapped out several paths to um to the place where i wanted to go so I picked what I thought was the most expedient to just see, like, I, I assume I will train myself to learn the roads and get better at that. So let's just take the fastest, most, most direct way and see if it's feasible and if I can stomach it or whatever. And when I had to get to work at, you know, 8 or 8.30, it, the unfortunate part of that drive is I was going through essentially three rush hours. Um. Because each one was like the people leaving or arriving at a different town that was major along the way going to work. And so my choice was like, okay, well, this is not convenient. Do I shift my day uh, to go later or earlier? Do I choose different routes? So I, I had, there's just a lot of logistics, right? Uh, of figuring out. Um, so, I eliminated one or two of the the bottlenecks by changing my route, and then I moved my time to get there a little bit later, and I talked to my supervisor about uh working from home at least one day a week, and he was like, "Yeah, totally, it's fine." and then he of course left the company, and that <laughs> that that deal was not that's quite a big as... one.
1: Never make those major decisions based on a special allowance, yeah, like that's just like you know you shouldn't buy a house based on like a bonus. Or any, like, that's yep. just of Yeah, exactly. Of I mean, and,
0: and it was made knowing that if that ever got pulled back, it would just be less convenient. But, um, but you know, I mean, things change. So there's no way for you to even say, even if that guy had been unable, even if he'd stayed with the company, the circumstances may have changed to make it so that I couldn't. Or circumstances could have changed to say, you can work from home five days a week. Who knows? You know, um, but it all factors into this moving on thing, because um, while... Uh, sometimes I don't mind the commute. You know, it's a long one. Uh, listen to podcasts and audio books or whatever, but there's certain days like it's just wears on you. especially if if I have to go in, you know, five days a week. Yeah. That's a lot. I find myself
1: getting antsy. If I have to go in five days a week of like, like I really just want to be in my home office. Like I don't want to waste that time when I could just wrap up my day quicker Mm -hmm. or Or honestly, sometimes I work from home because I have more work to do, and it lets me get more done in the same time frame. But that is like not everybody
0: sees it that way, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and it's, it's also not entirely fair to the employer unless it's part of your, you know, your package.
0: Your- yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the place where I worked has been changed through so many changes recently that it's like the, the, the packages that were once agreed to yeah. 2003 you know,
1: you know, always tends to go one direction.
0: Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. So um,
1: here, here's another one though. Like I, I just want to make it clear. I didn't force my wife to test my commute because, because <laughs> for me, I have my own like value system when it comes to this. To me, the house is much more important as far as like, how is it for my family? All these, those other things, Mm -hmm. because my job is like, I work part time with computers and part time with people like computers. Don't follow alarm clocks. Right. So I can go in super early and do computery stuff. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I get to work before 6am and I can do a bunch of computer stuff and computers are just fine working at that time. And then I, you know, do my meetings in the afternoon. But my wife, she works mostly with people. And so she doesn't have the luxury of getting up super early. In Boston, if you get up at, if you leave at 5 a.m., your my commute is 40 minutes, 30 minutes. If I get up at 7 a.m., my commute will be over two hours Hmm. (laughs) for the same distance. So it really, really matters in that case. Um, but it it was striking to me of like our value propositions were different of what we thought was worth different amounts to us. And to her, it was really worth a lot to not have to spend so much time commuting. And so that was part of our,
0: well, it makes a big difference. Yeah. I commuted for so long, uh, for a really long period of time for years and years to the point where it just became what I did. Um, I worked in PA and I, uh, had a a business in New Jersey and every day it was just an hour up and an hour back. And if there's traffic, it took longer, but it was just what I had to do. Like it was my job back then. There was no work from home. It was always had to be there. And, um, it was just a choice that I made. Right. So you can't really complain that much when you make a choice and you're living with it. Um, that's why the moving on thing is such kind of blows my mind a little bit because it's like, you know, you move on and made a conscious decision and now you're living with those decisions. And I've I've moved on uh, to other jobs and I just have really regretted it, you know. And that's when yeah. I listen to these other podcasts out there that talk about, you know, quitting a job and do what you love and all that stuff. And it's like, <laughs> sounds so easy when you put it that way. I know many people who I've worked with who say... You know this place is too difficult. The people are too political, uh, and they take another job, thinking that it's you know they tell me how great <laughs> like, wow, it's going to be. That wasn't, yeah.
1: wasn't that big of a deal at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like you know, do they? Is my job still open? Can I come back? Because yeah. the things that they had put put such a high priority on, um, they hadn't anticipated at as being as bad or maybe worse at other places where uh, you know when you're talking to somebody at the place where you're going to go, they're, of course they're going to paint a rosy picture if they want you. Um, so moving on to different jobs to me always has such a high associated risk to it. Not because, uh, not just because I'm risk averse, but because it I have done it. I have taken that leap and it has not worked out. Like the place that I've gone to, it has, almost invariably been worse uh, in one way or another. (laughs) Someplace, many, many ways it was worse.
1: (laughs) Well, it's, I mean... Could have worked out. Everything's like that, a little bit, right? Uh, You take a risk, you accept that risk based on whatever tests you've done. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I really, it does seem cheesy to, we started this off talking about task managers. Yeah. but, But, like, that to me is a kind of a big deal. You know, I was... I wasn't trying to rib you about it. It's like, I think probably one of the most important things we do is manage like priorities and dates. Right. Yeah. Things that's pretty critical. And I think that's also why people like to try all this stuff of like, what am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. Like what, what like just, I just want to fix this because it sucks. (laughs) Everything, (laughs) everything's like out of order or I'm missing things or whatever. And so it's like the moving on is because you kind of feel in your gut something's not working, right, for you yep. doing yep. what you what you had anticipated or hoped or expected, and so you eventually reach that threshold. And I kind of feel like with our house, same thing. Like we were fine with it as my when my kid was one, two, three, four. <laughs> Five is when it kind of started. And, you know, by the time now, she's almost eight. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is – I can see this going real badly hmm. <laughs> like over, over the next, you know, five years. And so I'm tr- trying to get out in front of it with this. And this is the way I can think of doing
0: it. So <sighs> – Let's jump back to task managers again because <laughs> it does. It, you, you hit a good point there, which is that it is such a pivotal thing to. Well, I mean, planning moves, planning jobs, planning new jobs. Is it all relates to this stuff? Do you think that um, you you seem to not? Um, well, you ribbed me about moving to <laughs> task to task paper, and then you ribbed me again, moving away from task paper, which is, you know I sense a theme. But um, is it because you can see the difficulties of the other side? Maybe because you've done them already, and you're like, "Oh man, you're gonna regret that." Because and you can see the, you can see my you, my pre-regret. Uh, like, what is the? Is it because you tried so many Pre, of these things? Pre-regret. I Pre- love regret. that. Yeah. That's
1: a great expression. <laughs> pre-regret.
0: Yeah, I deal with <laughs> I'm that just a lot.
1: Start regretting now. I don't know why. <laughs> But exactly. I'm just gonna get ready,
0: <laughs> yeah, embrace uh, myself,
1: I, I rib for your pleasure, Jeff <laughs> so, um, i uh oh my God. No, I ribbed you I ribbed you about the task paper thing because you gave me such a hard time. you're like, that is the dumbest system I've ever heard of <laughs> it was pretty for dumb, task though. management, you are insane, and so when, when you're like, I think I'm gonna do this task paper thing, I was like, what yeah, um the to do thing, I wasn't. I, I guess I was just trying to figure out where you have felt things are falling down for you. Yeah, yeah. Because I do think there's a lot of that, like, if only I switched to this other thing that everybody's talking about, that'll solve it for me. Mm-hmm. Right, like if yeah, only you're right. I switch yeah. to toodle do or whatever, whatever. It is, <laughs> some whatever, is, yeah, yeah. Um, that'll do it because like three people mentioned this so it must be awesome right and i do feel like like certain things get this like fan base that cheers on not because of maybe its efficacy but because it it's perceived it's perceived to be the best mm-hmm. you know um like i was really surprised to hear you don't use start dates
0: on things. i don't use them that often and to me that use was like them, a but...
1: huge huge revelation so when i started looking at at task manager i was like got to have start dates got to have start dates mm-hmm. and that was a big deal and it actually prevented me from choosing lots of things that people <laughs> were were fans of um so i was curious like what was driving you from the thing that you had been raving about as being like really fantastic to this new thing
0: uh yeah and i and, and those were obviously good questions. I think it was just, some of it was just wanting to try it, um, because some of the conveniences that we mentioned last show about, or the previous show, I'm not sure if this one's coming out next or not, but the 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 changes with having a an iPhone app that was really slick and gave me notifications, yeah, and all that kind of that's stuff. Cool. Like,
1: that's that's like but, super nice stuff. Like I regretted not having that stuff. Um, not having although, to run a Python script on a server.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, I I mean I missed having that stuff, and I I um I was fine with the task paper the way I the way I kept my tasks organized, the way I got to see them often. But it was like there are certain things that made me want to try it. And I'll admit there is probably a, more than a little bit of I just want to try something new. Like maybe this yeah, will boredom. work. And it's important. And also, you know, same thing you were quoting, you were mentioning last time. is like people have good ideas. Like there's no, there's no, you know – casting aspersions on somebody want to try somebody something that might work better for them or at least take a look at it and say "Oh, i tried to do turns out it's not going to work in fact this whole date thing and today view and my work (laughs) weekly thing if it (laughs) keeps going this way i just may go back to task paper because it's driving me crazy yeah um and you know so i think moving on to me summary quick summary is you know it's always um being a risk-averse person I always question very heavily whether moving on is the right choice before I do it, and then uh, often look back very critically to say, was that the right move or not? And I don't know that it really helps with that particular decision, but I hope that it would inform future ones. Um, Unfortunately, I think to me, that tendency has made me even more risk averse, which is may or may not be a good thing.
1: Yeah here's something that like one of my one of the things i really liked in chemistry was this idea of like energy wells and like you can have a molecule right and everybody you look at it and you're like oh it looks like this like you know you've seen those 3d ball and stick models Mm -hmm. like they'll say oh this molecule looks like this and there's this idea that like well what happens is something gets into this energy well and on either side of that you have to expend a huge you have to You have to basically put a huge amount of energy in to go up either side of that well. You get to the top and then you get a choice. You can slide back down to the original well or you can slide down to the other side and see if it's better, lower, lower energy state. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that idea about like stuff like moving, you know, whatever happens to be change, like a big significant change of like it's really easy to coast in that well. It takes mm-hmm. no input. Like you just keep doing the same thing day after day. And that's fine. And then, like, maybe at some point you'll put in enough energy that you kind of like push yourself up over this point and you fall down into another, maybe lower energy state. Like something, it's like I think of a task manager of like, it's just easier. Like everything is easier. Like, honestly, moving off of Omnifocus was a huge amount of work like, mm-hmm. to move off of that. It took a lot of effort. But then once I moved off, like doing everything else seemed so much easier. And I'm kind of feeling like right now to do is that like injecting all this energy to like move up this huge mountain Mm -hmm. to hope on the other side that it's going to come down and it's going to be even easier. But the problem with that is if it's not. You still have to push yourself back up out of that well into the old well.
0: Into the old well right? again. Yeah, I'm it's, right it's there a with huge you. Huge
1: amount of effort. And that's why we were talking about like the copy and paste of tasks, like how do you get your stuff in and out? Like that's always something I look like look at. Like, if I go this route, how easy it is, is it for me to just go back if this doesn't work?
0: No, it's it's that is exactly it. And when I was looking at to do You hit it on the head. Is the the energy required to move on to the next thing going to uh, be worth it when I get to the other side without knowing what's over there? And having to move back, because obviously, you know, I could always move back to task paper right now. In fact, it's just a bunch of copy and pasting at this point. Probably wouldn't be that big a deal. But then I'd have to miss all of the things that I liked about to do.
1: Well, your muscle memory starts to change. Your muscle like memory you has already sleep. changed. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, and, and maybe uh, you
1: took down your server and running your scripts. Or, I did. Like I had course. to restart
0: that, you know, and uh, I mean, it's just a putting a line in, in actually it's just clicking a box and Lincoln on my Mac mini, but it's not a big deal, but it's something that, that is like, Oh God, well, what if it doesn't work? And you know, is that really going to be as good as what I'm doing right now? Cause that wasn't perfect either. Um. Yeah, it's it's this. It, it sounds like I'm in a quandary all the time. It, I I apologize, but that is kind of what I'm in yeah, all the time. Not at all.
1: Like I think, like all monkeys, like we're primates. Speak what for we yourself we poke things with a stick (laughs) and see what happens after we poke it. And then we like decide whether or not we want to keep poking it with a stick. Yeah.
0: That is kind of it. That
1: is how we experience the world. Like that's, I kind of feel like every time I'm just like, I can't be bothered with looking at this thing again. Mm -hmm. Well, that's fine. But eventually if it becomes enough of a pain in the ass, like I literally just had a meeting with somebody in my management, um, group to say like okay here's the thing i've been doing the same thing over and over and getting the same result which makes sense but i don't want that result anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't want to i don't want to keep doing the same thing business-wise every day and then just hope someday that won't be like that and like that was Trying to like pull myself up that energy well of I'm tired of constantly feeling like every day I come in to whatever next problem, unplanned, unscheduled thing I have to deal with every day. Mm -hmm. So this was, you know, really about like staffing models and how to shift things around so that either somebody else is taking care of all the emergency work or somebody else is taking care of all of my normal planned scheduled projects. Mm -hmm. It can't be both. And I don't I don't know. It feels like like going with the status quo is fine. It could but be if you like what the status quo is producing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then I think that 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 curve that you're talking about is if challenging the status quo is if you perceive it to be worth it, then you have to evaluate like okay, like that ramp you were talking about, like do I have the energy to push it up that hill? And then if it doesn't work when I get to the top, do I have the energy to push it back up, push up another hill to get it back the way it was, you know?
1: Or if you you even can, like the moving houses thing, it's not like you can just come back, knock on the door and like, yeah, we just want to move back in. Exactly. It it didn't work out. Can we have a house
0: back? That might not happen. They might not be into that idea.
1: Yeah, Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, we have just like, it's way too much energy. Yeah. You probably could do it coming off from double what they paid you for the house. I'm sure you could have it right back.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that is a lot of energy to pay
0: <laughs> to get back to where you were. It not really is do that. <laughs> and I think, you know, all of these decisions we talk about are, are, are to, to more or less varying degrees, similar in, in, uh, efforts No, well they're similar in that it, they will take effort to either change it or keep it the same right so you're always evaluating you know which which makes the most sense and i think you know just something as i don't know if it's trivial you may have convinced me it's not trivial but something that is this like a task manager um there's still time and effort involved. And it's one of the reasons, like once I got happy with task paper, it was much easier for me to just keep using task paper than it was to use something else. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, I think I said it in the last podcast, OmniFocus for as much impetus and work and time and effort and planning and uh, um, even like kind of mentoring other people with it it's it's at a point it became more worthwhile for me to just that energy required to keep it going was outweighed by the energy it was required to change. Well, and i they, think that i mean
1: they that was motivated by them with an upgrade basically in my opinion like i would have been happy with status quo for much longer but they kind of pushed it with here's a new version it's totally different doesn't do all the things you want they made was, the, they, was, they made the barrier like to stay equivalent to the barrier to. Well, it sounded like it was even
0: worse actually, because you were annoyed by certain aspects of it before they changed. And then when they changed, they didn't fix those aspects made other parts worse in your opinion, which made it at that point, they kind of like pushed you out of the nest in some ways. So you were forced to give
1: me that little oomph to like, well, it's time. Now, Now it's, it's just as much work to do either. I might as well just look at something different.
0: Well, and I think, you know, so back to moving houses. When I moved to this place from the other farmhouse, um, we were pretty happy there. It was small. The grounds were great. It was quiet. There was like maybe two cars a day, and no motorcycles for podcasting. Um, yeah, I had a little <laughs> porch that uh, had a covering that I used to do brewing on outside and um, used to do a lot more of that. Um, and so, but... We were forced because they said they were planning on moving or selling the place, right? So at that point, the moving on had nothing to do with your choices, right? There's no regrets at that point, which oh, yeah. is kind of You're helpful. You're just
1: dealing with consequences of the world around you. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I think those are much – they're that's, easier that's from tough. that perspective.
1: That's a, that's a lot tougher. That's like, you know, <laughs> people, <laughs> I know somebody that they were, you know, they were planning on having a kid and they had three. Whoa. You know, they had triplets instead. Wow. And that's that's kind of like this house is fine. <laughs> oh. Actually it's
0: not. Yeah. This <laughs> is wow, that's that's a that's a big surprise. That's uh, a huge surprise. I don't even know what to think about that one. But yeah, you 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 know, kind of life throws stuff at you and, and those are the things when you move on or or move to different different areas of kind of unexpected uh next steps. I don't know. I, I almost think those are easier. Yeah. Y- yes. Um, it's difficult at the time, but there's none of that. Looking back, saying, "Geez, I wish we, I wish those, you know, we could have convinced them not to sell or something like that." Like those are not the questions that I. Well, I got to tell you, like on. this,
1: this is definitely informing how I view a lot of technology now. Like the whole YNAB thing, OmniFocus thing, uh, like yeah. uh, all these. All these like changes forced upon me where I, I just I'm not happy with the status quo if the status quo means like I just accept your new business model is my future. And mm-hmm. so I've been trying to move as much stuff off of other people's environment, I guess is the best way to describe it as, as I can. Now I it sucks because now I kind of feel like, well, I'm moving off of YNAB onto like money dance. Mm-hmm. Well, that's somebody else's software too, right? If they yep. if they decide, hey, guess what? Now you have to send us a, a naked picture of yourself every ten minutes in our <laughs> software,
0: right? Like well, that's, then that's that would be the a big, business model, right? It'd be a bad move on their part.
1: <laughs> well, they'd uh huh, they'd probably pay me to stop. <laughs> so, but I, you know, that's I'm
0: getting real worried about like. Fatigued or worried?
1: Oh, well, I'm definitely fatigued. I'm just old in my bones, Jeff.
0: Yeah. I, I, feel, but, I feel
1: like worried that all this stuff that I enjoy, like not having to think about is something that I now need to like constantly be thinking about.
0: I, I, f- I felt the same way for the last two years. Dropbox. Um, Dropbox. Could, that's the next thing I was going to say, Dropbox. right?
1: I'm so <laughs> terrified of Dropbox,
0: like changing Well, you know, the first thing that kind of was a slap in the face was, um, oh, man, I forget the name of it, but it was that photo. I tried to block it out. Like, it's so traumatic. There's Everpix. Yeah. Um, I was so happy with that service. It did everything with photos that I needed it to do. And I thought that now I finally got this one big thing checked off. I don't have to worry about it. And... Sucker. Sucker, because my expectations, um, because I, I... Made the effort to get up that hill as we talked about, and everything was in there, and I thought it was done and I had to somehow pull the threads together to find some other thing, but it was it was changed because now it 's like well i don't want to move to Flickr because the same thing could happen to them i don 't want to move to you know Google photos because its f google uh, i don 't want to move but it 's informed my paranoia because I don't necessarily trust Apple with cloud stuff. And I don't, you know, so now here I am looking at the same thing you probably are, as I move all my photos to my Synology, but now because I own and manage that, what if my house burns down and I don't have some sort of an offsite backup? But if I move things to an offsite backup and they shut down or get sold, how <laughs> secure is my data? I, you know, what's the security like? You know, we were talking earlier before the show started about security. Like, how do I know that this company... Which, you know, is may or may not be made up of people who are seasoned professionals who know how to do this stuff. Like, what if they lose the keys and some some bad actor has access to all of my data? Yeah,
1: or or they hang the keys on the front door.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. With the um, label
1: says keys to house.
0: <laughs> keys to Jeff's data. Yeah. yeah um, so it makes me look at every one of these choices, which... You know, I'd say ten years ago for some reason, maybe I was just uh less jaded, but I was like, yeah, let's I, I I trust in technology. I I don't I love having notes that I can search from anywhere, all history. I think it's one of the things that completely changed how I work. Um but what if and all of my things that I use are tied to Dropbox, but what if Dropbox is compromised or what if it goes away or whatever? Like um, I'm just well, I, tired I, of looking for solutions.
1: I definitely feel like that's not the same kind of moving on. Like somebody forces mm-hmm. you to move. That's like, it's not, a, it's well, not it's the like that kind of moving on when you're evicted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or somebody <laughs> selling the property. Right. Yeah, so, it's, so
1: that's, that's like, well, you're just dealing with the punches as they come. And with, on the technology side, that feels like a lot more punches more often than I would like and it doesn't seem like this feels really new that we're in a time where things can just go away or stop working, or that somebody else is completely in control of the availability of that thing. Like software, when I don't know, through the '80s and '90s and, and like a good portion of the early 2000s, you owned a disk. as long as you kept the disk, you owned the thing, right? And that, that's theory, not really yeah. that's not really true anymore. And so like your email app goes away, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I know you waited on a virtual waiting list for for in a virtual line to get a token to uh use the system, but we don't want to do that anymore. And that's just the way it is.
0: Right. So you're kind of forced to find another person thing and 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 surmount that learning curve or effort curve to move to the new thing but now it's informed with the with the choice of well what if what if what if it's what if it's the wrong choice now and and all of the choices that i'm making now are like it cannot include a cloud component cannot include (laughs) it's getting harder and harder man it's getting really hard i mean the, the ynab thing was just a punch in the gut because it was a solution that yes it used dropbox but um, it was one that used Dropbox as an intermediary that I conveniently already had. But uh, other than that, I felt like it uses two-factor authentication and blah, 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 and I control my fate. And now that fate is no longer controlled by myself. And, you know, there's something about making decisions that you are solely responsible for. Like, uh, you know, we have talked about moving and all these things. Those decisions were ones I made of my own volition, mistakes or not. I made a choice. I had to live with it, and obviously I have. Um, but some of these other things, it's like I am going to trust this thing to be good, um, and I've made. I feel like I'm I'm confident in my decision, and I'm going to move forward with that as a new technology. But it's just not that simple. Well, there's, two, you know, there's new technologies can just be pulled uh, pulled right out from under you quickly Yeah, going
1: back to like our motivations for moving part of me was thinking about it like i want to move when it's my choice to move and not when like my wife and my daughter are screaming at each other at the dinner table because they're having you know conflicts because our house is a little too small for (laughs) the three of us Mm -hmm. you know i i know people that live like that and you're like oh well eventually they'll stop it'll Eventually, every there'll be harmony in the house when the kid moves out. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of view like uh, this is my insurance policy against the future of like I know this will probably become less comfortable, and I want to take action now when it's in my, con- you know, it's in it's within my control to say like, well, we want this, we don't want this, rather than oh my god, we have to move because this is just awful.
0: Yeah yep i'm with you wow so many fun things to think about dude i'm so stressed out
1: <laughs> I you. like i just like every day I wake up and go like uh can i retire yet
0: yeah do you think that people who you look around because i hear a lot of people talking about how change is awesome and change yeah, helps you grow <laughs> do you think that's true or do you think they just not a, n- there are not a lot of people react with the same kind of fears that w- you and i do
1: well, it depends on who you're looking at. I mean, are you looking at people that are like 22 that <laughs> haven't Maybe. been screwed very many times in their life? Maybe. Or, uh, yeah, I mean, people are liars. I, mean, I don't <laughs> uh, like that in, in like a really <laughs> awful, cynical way. People lie about all kinds of – we lie to ourselves. We lie to outside people. We want to portray things better or worse than they really are. I mean, people are – that's – I – you ever sit and just look at the stream of stuff on Twitter and be and think to yourself, like, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's an <laughs> exaggeration. Yeah. I bet they really didn't like that meal as much as they put those exclamation points on that.
2: hmm
1: You know, that's... I don't know. That's why I'm stressed <laughs> out, because, like, li- the life I experience is not the life that everybody seems to post about.
0: <laughs> yeah, although... <sighs> Yeah, it's it, it, you're 100% right on. Those are the things I think about a lot, you know. Um and it's kind of like folks are convincing themselves of those things and that's okay. Some people need to do that. Maybe they actually honestly believe it, but a lot of the things I when I look back and think I was utterly convinced about 7 5 years ago, um it seems much less solid than it does that that, that now <laughs> than it did then. Experience you know? will do that to you. Here's,
1: you know, but but a lot of our world is filled with like advertising of the ideal state of stuff. Here's mm-hmm. the Apple commercial I want to see. A kid joyously unwraps their iPad Pro, their mother picks it up and drops it face down on the floor.
0: <laughs> because, Why would you be thinking that, about that that's one? That's the
1: version of the world
0: I experienced, Jeff. <laughs> is that is that something that may have happened recently? It, it, it
1: is possible that is my Apple commercial. <laughs> Oh my god, to share with you is uh I finally gave in and bought an iPad Pro because both my wife and my kid have been asking about getting one and I was like, "You know what? I have my computer budget that I make for buying a new Mac every few years and I decided to allocate a portion of that instead to buy an iPad Pro for my kid." And uh, she was super excited. I got the pen, got the keyboard, and Then I'm downstairs, and I hear a scream and a thud.
0: Oh no, <laughs> I'm just like
1: I'm just gonna stay downstairs <laughs> and hope help this sorts itself out. Well, did it,
0: did it sort itself out it oh, no,
1: it did not <laughs> because that's not how things were <sighs> so it's all it's all good now. Let's just say uh the thirty day return policy through Apple is pretty awesome. <laughs>
0: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways,
1: it wasn't dramatically broken, so I just... just took it back and credited our account, and I'll get a new one next week. Woof.
0: Well, you know, sometimes <laughs> Sorry, change isn't it's good. T- that's
1: a total tangent, but <laughs> that's why, like, I think about like these great commercials of this people in flowing white gowns and hazy light around them. <laughs> Like, this is the experience you're supposed to have unwrapping your Apple device. And really what it is is trying to jam the freaking connector into the bottom of the phone and missing the port every time. <laughs> you know, that's... It's it's this. something like that, yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyways, oh, my god. This gosh. Beer's pretty good. Oh, this beer's so good. Anybody who can get a hold of Redankulous by Founders, by all means, get a hold of it. Because it's
1: creamy. It really is like a Sierra Nevada, like, I don't know, like... It really has that cedar-like, bitter West Coast IPA taste, but then that extra tropical on top of it. It's really, really quite nice.
0: And it has this creaminess to it, which I really like.
1: We don't give very many bad beers on the show, do we? That's, that's not representative of reality either.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very true. Although I think you and I both do the same thing where we hold on to the good ones. The things we, we're pretty sure we know they're good.
1: I don't really want to do a whole pack podcast with a crappy beer.
0: <laughs> I don't, although it may be somewhat entertaining for people to listen to. It would not be fun for us to drink. Um, and and which, I think
1: – What did what, you have this week?
0: Oh, boy. Um, so I had one that I had been looking forward to um, for a while, and I, now I have to bring up Tap Cellar because you, you're completely – All right. Uh, well, I'm going to go out. then. So, <laughs> okay. Go ahead.
1: Hitachino. Hitachino. okay, Hitachino. Um, Nest Red Rice Ale. Really excellent, if you can find it, from Kayuchi Brewing. Hmm. B plus, A minus, really kind of like this nice malty, a smoky flavor that isn't like fake smoke flavor. It it really comes from like the grains that they use. Um, but it's a – I don't know. It's classified as a strong ale, I think. But I would say it was more like um, an old ale. And then uh, Carminator by Hopping Frog. Uh, it's a double Doppelbach, if that's a thing. Hmm. That's what they call it. A dopp- Let's
0: just say it's a thing.
1: Yeah, I give it a B. It was good.
0: Um, I had good night, uh, which is one we talked about oh. having before Oscar Blues. Um, I like that one. Um, I had one called uh, Debutante by uh, Brewer's Art, which is Stillwater. Um, that was pretty decent. It was, like a, it was like a farmhouse ale, Saison type thing. Um, it, it was, it was decent. I, I it. like it. I do feel
1: like it, it feels more like Saison weather now. So, a little <laughs> bit, I might, I might move out of my yeah, exactly. phase into the Saison farmhouse phase. You should definitely look into, into doing maturely.
0: it, surely. Um, and then one I had last night, which I guess. I guess I just don't like these beers as much as I thought I did, um, is a porter, a brown porter. I think I just don't like porters. Let's just put that out there. Brown ales I, and porters.
1: I find porters and brown ales to be boring.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what it is. Now, if I was to say, if someone asked me for a great example of a porter, even though I wasn't a big fan of it, I would say Tanilla by Knee Brewing is a good one. Um but, you know, from me looking at other knee-deep beers, Breaking Bud,
1: River. Yeah, Lupulent it's down River, there at the bottom of
0: the... Yeah, it's the lowest knee-deep beer out there, but I think it's just because that's not my style. And they make stuff that is so hop-forward and delicious that this is, like, so far from that. It's, like, the opposite end of the spectrum. I gave it a B, but um, I, I like the vanilla flavors in it um, and... You know, like I said, as far as brown ales or porters go, it was quite a fine example of that. But I just don't like them. But that was a. a, So I haven't had that much this week. But oh, I did have the uh, Enjoy by Two Fourteen, which was oh my god, that was good. Um, Uh, I was going
1: to tell you, like, let's do that for the show. I couldn't find. I found it on tap. I was not able to find the bottle. I've
0: heard great things about it. It was so spicy and strange. Like my first sip of it was like, what is this style?
1: Damn Damn it. It have was to like go this look for
0: it now, it was almost like this kind of peppery rye thing. I don't know I love what it that was but
1: i love- I just love the idea like it's always different and then yep. switch it up and it was great um sometimes if you it can sucks, find sometimes it sometimes it,
0: it, it's great you would like it um but yeah uh that th- didn't have that many this week, trying to cut down on beers, prepping up for a uh potential Asheville trip that's <laughs> gonna to a him
1: that's. Upside down, dude. <laughs>
0: now I've got to give gotta my be, liver some time to recover and be soften up your tolerance.
1: a little. <laughs> 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 gotta, be, gotta be getting some calluses on that liver.
0: <laughs> the problem is that if, you know, that's going to be a lot of weight gain over one weekend. So I want to, you know. Yeah, I'm just getting I'm out a little bit. I'm
1: being budget conscious and mm-hmm. just work conscious. I have a lot of stuff going on at work, so I don't drink during the week. Mm
2: hmm
0: sounds less fun to me. Damn
1: it. Being an adult isn't nearly so much as fun as thought.
0: It, being an adult is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go enjoy being a stupid adult. Uh, I will. See ya. Take it easy. All right, you too,